bruise his heel. Satan's going to be crushed, and God's going to do it. He's going to do it in an amazing, amazing way. Now, Jesus is not only mentioned in Genesis, he's through the whole Old Testament. Any of you that don't want to read the Old Testament, I encourage you to go back looking for Jesus alive in the Old Testament. Every chapter, every book points to the hope of Jesus coming, points to our redemption, points to our salvation. As we know in Genesis, it's the seed of the woman. In Exodus, it's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, it's the high priest. In Numbers, the cloud and the fire. In Ruth, it's the kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, it's the prophet of the Lord. In First and Second Kings, it's the reigning king. In Job, it's the day spring from on high. In Psalms, the Lord is our shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, it's the wisdom of God. In Isaiah, it's the suffering servant. When you read the Old Testament, you're reading Jesus. Read it, looking for Jesus, and he'll come to you. He'll show you, I'm on my way. This is the sign pointing forward. This is the redemption coming. Hold on to the hope and hold on to the promise. Jesus comes to redeem all that was lost. As the man Adam lost it all, Jesus the man redeems it all. All of us were born on the Titanic called Adam. And that ship is going to the bottom of the sea. And we can do nothing about it. But there's a rescue ship coming. And that rescue ship is Jesus. And when we get out of the Titanic and we get on the lifeboat, which I believe is the church, we can get into Jesus and we're saved. But it required a man to do it. In order for Jesus to redeem the curse, he had to become what was lost, and we were the ones that were lost. He came as a man to represent us, to bridge the gap between God and man. God is holy. He can't touch sin. Man is sinful. We've got no way to reach him. But God, in his infinite genius, came to us as both. And he reached out his divine hand and grasped the Father's hand. And he reached out his human hand and he grasped fallen, broken humanity's hand. And he joins us together again. He brings us back to himself. He redeems everything that was lost. He redeems everything that was lost. Through Adam we all died. And in our flesh, we inherited the curse of sin. And when we're in Adam, we're lost. But through the Spirit, we can become born again. We get a new birth. We get a do-over. The flesh and all of that can be gone, and we can become new in Jesus Christ. Jesus promises us in Luke 14, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. That's us. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus came to save us, to rescue us. So the question, what does Jesus have to do with me? Apart from the incarnation, apart from Jesus becoming man, we are captive to Satan, we are bound in sin, we are helpless. Keith Wheeler said it, and I've already said it twice today, kidnapped royalty. No matter how unlovely, sinful, or evil 
people who don't know Jesus look. In God's eyes, they're valuable. He loves them. He is tarrying and waiting to come back because he wants to pluck them out of the fire. He wants to bring them into the church. He wants to save them. We never look at them in a way apart from how Jesus looks at them. And as Pastor Chris says many, many times, and we should bear this in mind, you will never lock eyes with someone who Jesus did not die for. Jesus came to defeat every work of the devil and free every captive in a tiny town of no reputation. Bethlehem wasn't on any tourist maps. In the womb of a mere girl, the Holy Spirit entered history and he manifested the divine, yet a very human life. In an instant, one cell became two, and two became four, and four became eight. And within six weeks, the mouth that would calm the sea was formed in the womb of Mary. And the feet that walked on water would be, and, would be, and, and uh, would be pierced at Calvary was created in that womb. And at that same time, a human heart began to beat. And the world didn't know it yet, and Satan didn't know it. But in the womb of Mary, the heart of Jesus began to thump. And each beat was a drum beat, like the drums of an army, the drumbeat of an invasion. The King of Kings is coming to save. Coming to save the world. Coming to save me and you. And to destroy the works of the devil. To set us free and to make us new. And then guess what? Just like every invasion. Imagine D-Day, right? They storm the beaches at Normandy. And they begin to take over little towns. Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the edges of the earth. And they begin to liberate little captives here and there. He liberated me and he liberated you. And then guess what he does? He puts us in a uniform and he says, go out, take the next town. Claim this land for Jesus. Claim this soul for me. I'm here to roll back all of the curse. Wherever you see the curse, as far as the curse is found, we're there, we're going, we're liberating, we're changing. We're bringing heaven to earth. The incarnation is an invasion of the darkness. And yes, we live in a world that's still dark. That means we still have work to do. Just like the war didn't end at Normandy. And the war didn't end when France was liberated. And the war didn't end at the Battle of the Bulge. But progress was being made. And every century that goes by and every day that goes by, we claim more for the kingdom until the day that the sky splits. And Jesus comes and puts an end to it all. And totally and fully makes all things new. Jesus the man, God, wrapped in flesh and blood, came to do all, undo all the damage that was done. And one day, guess what? Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And Satan will be thrown into the pit, the fiery lake, forever. And there will be no more death and there will be no more mourning and no more crying and no more pain. Because the old order of things has passed away. He invites us as insiders to partake in that great salvation. 
Let's go reach the lost for Jesus Christ. He came with a mission, and that mission is still our mission. Now today, we didn't do communion earlier, because I, I thought about this message really as a communion message in itself. The body of Jesus Christ, the human flesh and blood, came to be with us. He became one of us to save the world. And so I'm going to sing a little song. And as I do, if you can just reflect on the meaning, what this really means. We know that Jesus came in the flesh. We've known it forever. I want us to know it deep, deep, deep in our hearts to understand what that means for us and for the world. This is an old song from an old liturgy, and it was put into a poem. And uh, I just want to do that now with Carrie as my, my helper here. Let me turn this off. And let's just contemplate the goodness of God.
what I'd like what I'd like to do as we take communion is really think about a body that was broken. God who came to live in our darkness suffered more than any of us ever could because he loves us so much. If you're here with someone from your family group, I'd like to have us give one another communion like we used to. I want you to look in somebody's eyes. And I want you to hold up that bread and say, the body of Christ broken for you. And hold up that cup. Say, the blood of Christ shed for you. And if you're here on your own, say it to yourself. And remind yourself of God's goodness. He came to destroy the enemy and to give us life. Let's just say the Lord's Prayer and then let's share communion with one another. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.